0: You could like my body, can't trap my mind, not to ever be free. Okay, free the Black Panthers, FCBP. stand for free the Black Panthers, It's up the black police, feds infiltrated our movements for black leadership roles, but we still here been the bill here, up coin sale pro, show, they got me started, lion hearted, I'm the new Mufasa. this shit won't be televised, black power, be scared guys, that be standing there like they paralyzed, huh? we say for the system, cause we above the system, we keep ARs and pistols, shotguns, that's worth the crystal, but that's for self-defense, make sure we have no issues, be sure to leave it at the door, if you have it with you, this for them freedom fighters, that lost they freedom, until they freedom, we screaming, copy. King Khalid Muhammad, we gon' make your day a holiday, I fuck oh, me, i mad. Free the Black Panthers, fvbp stand for Free the Black Panthers, and fuck the Black Police, that 13th Amendment, tryna make a flavor of me, you can like my body, can't trap my mind, not to ever be free, okay. Free the Black Panthers, fvbp stand for Free the Black Panthers, and fuck the Black Police. The infiltrated our movements, the black leadership rose, but we still here, In the bill here, Upcoin Tail Pro. RBG, 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 RBG. My sisters, my brothers, counselor, the counselor, elders, that's really all I need. We suited, we booted, don't do it, you stupid, we head to the armory. Black women and goddess, regardless, my heart just don't fall for misogyny, foolish stuff. Don't tolerate it. Melanated, so you gotta hate it. But rock up another conversation. Trump finna get inaugurated. Damn. Unify or die. NBPP.org.
1: Our own nation.
3: Good morning. Today is Tuesday, March twenty ninth. And the time is 8:58 a.m. The AB 3121 Task Force meeting is now called to order. Good morning. My name is Camila Moore, and I'm the chairperson of the task force. Before we begin, let's have the staff do a roll call for attendance and establish whether. Or not. Yes. Good morning.
4: I'll begin with the roll call. Uh, Chair Moore. Present. Vice Chair Brown? Member Bradford? Here. Member Grills? Present. Member Holder? Present. Member Jones-Sawyer? Member Lewis? Present. Excuse me. Member Tamaki. Here. Member Montgomery Stepp. Here. Madam Chair, there are nine members on the uh, task force. Five members are required to establish a quorum. There are seven members present. A quorum has been established.
3: the task force hearing is now called into order officially. Thank you, members of the task force and members of the public for coming to our March 29th 30th hearing. From the review of the agenda, you'll see that it is a full agenda and we are already behind schedule. So we are going to go promptly to the public comment period. Um, Ms. Aisha Martin-Walton, you may um, begin the period.
5: Thank you. Thank you. Good morning, Chair Moore, task force members and members of the public. My name is Aisha Martin-Walton, and I am with the Department of Justice. The task force would like to hear your public comments. The public comment period will be for, one, for an hour and a half. Each person will have three minutes. Please be advised that in fairness to everyone, at the three-minute mark, you may be politely interrupted and your microphone turned off. However, please just know that there is a public comment period during each meeting uh, there will be a public comment period tomorrow, and the task force encourages everyone to participate. You may also submit written comments to the task force members at any time via email at reparationstaskforce at To participate in public comment, use the raise hand function. Locate the button on the upper right-hand side of the screen. On the sidebar, you'll see the shape of a hand. Click on the hand to prompt the raised hand feature. On our end, we will accept a raised hand. Then you will see a notification at the top of your screen to continue. You have to click continue. You will then be elevated into the meeting as a presenter and automatically muted until it is your turn to speak. Please note that there's a 20 second delay between the attendee and presenter mode, so please keep that in mind as you are being promoted. And today we are using video only, because we are having some technical difficulty with the camera. Uh, at the conclusion of your comments or at the three minute mark, you will be muted again and returned back to the attendee level. And we will accept the raise hand function feature as they come in. And uh, Ms. Trini Hurtado will introduce you. She is also with DOJ. So with that, Trini, let's have our first speaker of the morning.
6: It's not allowing me the blue jeans. Uh... Um, who else is a moderator on here? Um, Noel, please, can you um, see if you can promote? I'm clicking on them and nothing's happening. I do apologize. We've had lots of technical difficulties this morning.
7: Can you hear me?
6: Uh yes. This is
7: Chantelle Chitoki Afia Bacon. Can I go? Yes. Thank I you. was born I was born and raised in Southern California. My maternal and paternal grandparents are the reason I am in California. They left the Jim Crow Terrace environment of Arkansas and Alabama in the early 1950s to build a life in California. My lineage can be traced to 1790s Carolinas in the 1804 to what is now present-day Alabama. My family was instrumental in the economic and physical infrastructure of these United States of America. No doubt my family looked forward to what their life would be to survive a horrific experience. I had family who lived through the Civil War and probably heard of Frederick Douglass and were moved to fight for the Union. One of my ancestors would get bold and stand up but get killed by his enslaver. I am a foundational black America. I am American. I am a descendant of American chattel slavery. I know my lineage. I believe cruelty, the unbelievable cruelty and hardship my family suffered and managed to survive long enough that I could exist today is why I support lineage-based reparations. I do not support race-based reparations. I do not support immigration-based reparations. Immigrants from Africa, Caribbean, South America, or parts of Asia who share a black skin tone that in proximity to black Americans does not make them us, which is foundational black Americans, U.S. descendant of child slavery, U.S. freedmen. And the discrimination they they may experience is because we as black Americans have not been rightfully repaired, but instead chose as a bottom to the American caste system. Black Americans who share African descent with those who were active participants in the slave trade makes us no more family to those Europeans who participate in our enslavement. Yes, I am, like many others, an amalgamation of mixed blood because of forced migration of my enslaved ancestors, the rape of my enslaved ancestors, the breeding of my enslaved ancestors. Yes, we are a new people and we demand what is owed. No other is owed or even deserve what our ancestors toil for just because they are African descent. Vote yes
5: for lineage-based eligibility. Thank you for your time. Thank you for your comments this morning. Brini, our next speaker. Uh, uh.
6: Okay, Aisha, I can't see anyone. Can you Can you see if you can see them on the presenter side? Um, Noelle tells me that two people were promoted, and I can't. I cannot see them. Um, let's see. Let's go
5: with uh, Rashawn Phillips stories. Good morning. Good morning.
8: Uh, We're not using video today?
5: No, we're having uh, technical difficulties with the video.
8: Okay, great. Well, good morning, task force members. Uh, Good morning, all. My name is Rashawn, and I'm a poet, a writer. I love language and I want justice in my lifetime. I'm 39 years old. My wife and I consider ourselves to be pure reparationists, which in our house means reparations is religion. Currently, we live in San Francisco. I grew up in the city where my father raised me as a single dad, my mom passed away. My father was a mailman for 34 years after serving in the United States Air Force. My wife, Katira, is originally from LA. However, today it is my honor and my privilege to share with you all a poem. This poem is dedicated to the American freedman, Dr. William Sandy Darity, A. Kirsten Mullen, and reparationists everywhere. Blood equity, birthright, and our reparations fight. Blood equity. We cannot choose our family, its relations, nor emancipate our blood-bound lineage of descent. This is us, American, descendant of slaves, the rattling chains, a phantom limb like dead weight, drowned bones we are, and sunk costs can't swim, not like this. I can't swim. It's a miracle I can sing under these conditions. If a people falls like a tree in a forest and no one is around who will admit the truth, does it make a sound?
5: Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Sorris, for your comment this morning and your poem. Trini, next speaker.
6: Okay, thank you. I'm back in business. Uh, Chantel Brown, you've been unmuted. You now have three minutes to speak. Chantel Bacon, I'm sorry. Ms. Bacon, you have three minutes.
3: Also, people can use video if they want. Not everyone is going to be experiencing the same technical difficulties. So, if the video works for people, they can use it if they want.
5: Okay, that's a that's a good idea. Yeah. Um, this is,
7: can you hear me? I went already. So. Okay. Okay. Chantel, thank you. Yeah, Chantel Chachaki, Bacon. I went already. Okay. Thank you so much. Uh huh.
6: Okay, the next speaker will be uh
5: Rashawn Phillips. This is Angela Nirvana. Rashawn um, just
8: went.
6: Rashawn just
5: went, Trini. You were Rashawn
6: signing. Rashawn
9: just right. went. Thank, thank I you. I do
6: apologize. I had to uh, readjust my computer and I'm back on, so we will go with uh, that
5: was Nirvana Was this just. This is Angela speaking.
10: Nirvana. I'd like <laughs> to speak. Uh, Go ahead, Ms. Nirvana. Thank you. I've shared with you in the past that the 2016 Color of Wealth LA report shows the median value of African blacks' liquidity was $60,000 compared to U.S. black $200. In that same report, the median value of their total assets is $152K, U.S. black $30K, whites $350K, Asian Indian $460K, and Japanese $595K and it wasn't because we weren't educated. In this same report, US blacks were 44% degree with a median income of $53,500, African blacks 58.9% degree, median income $115,000, and although Mexicans were 17.8% degree, their median income was within $3500 of US black at 50k. Today, our median income in LA is 35K and the median home price is $834,400. This was eight years ago pre-plandemic. Just imagine how much more egregious the racial wealth gap is for freedmen whose ancestors built the wealth all of these groups eat from with their lives. The data is clear. Our never-ending Holocaust has been weaponized against us to enrich whites and immigrants with never-ending policies by our government at every branch ensure Freedmen are the permanent bottom cast, which begs the question, how many more Freedmen have to be legislated out of California before seeing a dime of whatever becomes of this study? Kimarinsky made it clear that it's time to untether black immigrants from our reparative justice justice claim, because if you attempt to enrich them some more with our reparations, it will be race-based, not lineage. And how is that working for Freedmen farmers who are at risk of being foreclosed on because whites and Latinos have filed a class action lawsuit on the grounds of reverse discrimination after $4 billion was set aside for their debt relief, which includes immigrants, our albatross. In effect, Narcan and Cobra, you are setting Freedmen up to fail in ever receiving reparations at the state and federal level when you insist it be for all blacks when Freedmen are the black immigrants' reparations per the data. You're seeking a white wealth transfer, which keeps us tethered to the bottom as the anchor of this country's capitalism Knowing full well we weren't entitled to CARICOM nor any repair from African colonizers. Even greater than Chemerinsky's testimony is Secretary of State Dr. Shirley Webber's definitive intent on eligibility of the AB 3121 bill. She authored that it is specifically for Freedmen, black American descendants of U.S. chattel slavery, lest we end up with 50 cents. The fact that this is even still open for debate is yet another assault of exponential proportion on Freedman. In closing, esteemed task force, in the words of Spike Lee, Freedman needs you to do the right thing. I'll land there.
5: Thank you, Miss Nirvana, for your comments this morning. Okay, Trini, our next speaker. Next speaker is uh
1: Friday Jones. Good morning. The National Assembly of American Slavery Descendants, NASD, is committed to the educating and training of Freedmen, the Black American descendants of U.S. chattel slavery nationwide on civic engagement. By teaching an array of sciences, we ensure that the members can self-advocate at all levels of government. Our mission guarantees the future of Freedmen children, preserving our historical lineage and culture for the next seven generations to come, and advance in principles to heal America and preserve democracy for all. Institute of the Black World 21st Century was awarded two grants totaling $3 million as fiscal sponsors for both NARC and NCOBRA by the MacArthur Foundation. $1.5 million in support of NARC's general operations and $1.5 million in support of ENCOBRA's non-lobbying activities to support reparations for people of African descent in the United States and the global black diaspora. An olive branch extended to NARV by NASDAE LA resulted in Baba Gregory Akili ending the conversation by stating, back in the day positions like yours would get you killed to the three female co-chairs. The olive branch extended to Encobra resulted in gatekeeping access to dialogue with Sheila Jackson Lee and NASDAE's national arm being told to test our work in California. Just because something is written doesn't mean it will be enforced. And they stated they saw no value in meeting with us. Dr. Grills is a NARC commissioner, and it is apparent that NCOBRA and NARC have a Pan-African Global Africa agenda to manifest what Sir Hilary Beckles called an intellectual theory. The leaders of these organizations have rejected the self-advocacy of CJEC and NASB as the heirs of our ancestors' legacy. And now the same organizations that had little influence on the specificity language in AB 3121 and the passing of this legislation are being given prime time as experts to silence the voices of the descendants like Cali House was silenced by Congress and like the Freedmen's Bureau was vetoed by President Johnson while he deferred to enlightened public judgment. After 30 and 40 years in this space, where is the work product from the legacy organizations proving the descendant community supports the intellectual theory of a global Africa? We will not dishonor our ancestors and subordinate our reparations claims in California or the United States in an effort to appease foreign heads of state when the people from Skid Row to the rural south live in abject poverty. The California DOJ has a fiduciary responsibility to the people of California and to serve as legal counsel to this body. It would be obscene for this DOJ to not advise this commission on the beneficiary class, particularly if complicit silence means the people foot the bill. I'm unapologetic in support for lineage-based repair. I'm Friday Jones, co-facilitator of the National Assembly of American Slavery Descendants and a founding member of CJEC. Thank you for your time.
5: Thank you, Friday Jones. All right, Uh, Trini, next speaker, please. Uh, Our next speaker is Joe P.
6: Joe P, you have three minutes.
11: Hi, good morning. I am an ally of the descendants of persons enslaved in the United States, also known as American freemen. I stand united with this community. I strongly urge the task force to vote for lineage-based reparations as intended by the author, as well as, as being recommended by the best legal and constitutional experts. I also strongly urge the task force to reject race and harm-based peers' eligibility, race-based Legislation would be considered illegal, both at the state and federal level, and harm-based lineage would be open to all races throughout the world, actually. Um, the language of AB 3121 is clear. The legislation... Legislative
6: Mr. Joe P., are you there? Joe P., are you there?
5: Oh. Perhaps you can come back to him. Maybe he okay. will
12: stay on.
6: Um My only other person that I have that was promoted is Akili. Has he? Has that person spoken already? No. Akili? Can you hear us, Akili?
13: Yes, I can hear you. Can you hear me?
6: Yes, thank you. Please please begin. You have three minutes to speak.
13: Yes, my name's Akili. Uh, And I'm the director of the Fannie Lou Hamer Institute, a core team member with Black Lives Matter of L.A., a steering committee member with the Black Community Clergy and Labor Alliance, and third vice president of the NAACP. And let me start out by saying that whoever that was that quoted me was lying. Nobody, nobody who knows me knows that I use my first name and I don't use my full first name. So whoever that was that quoted me was lying. A unabashed liar. I never made those comments. I never made that statement. And whoever said that is a liar. I'm calling because I support an inclusive and comprehensive approach to reparations. To focus on lineage uh, is difficult. According to Ms. Annette Harrow, a genealogist who was quoted uh, in the Los Angeles Times yesterday, it would be difficult and divisive. The hurt, harm, and damage that was done through the Holocaust of enslavement and American apartheid has left long lasting impacts on African-Americans and black people here. Many of the periods in Cal, many of us came to California from other states, states that that enslaved, uh, states escaping uh, enslavement, convict labor and sharecropping. Black people have been purposely, deliberately and methodically excluded from the benefits of this country. We need to take the same approach to include us. Let us not take a narrow and divisive approach. Let us start with an all black people and then prioritize. We have descendants right here in California from Allensworth. What if they can't prove their lineage? What do we do about them? I think that we need to to start with all black people who have been harmed by America in America should be repaired by and in America. It's an understandable approach. And more importantly, I don't want to get into very narrowly defined um, approaches. We have seen what that narrow approach has, has done in our community. We have seen the impact of some of us versus the rest of us. Rather than take that very narrow and unsustainable approach, let's start with all of us and then prioritize, move to how we can accommodate, support, and include all of us because all of us have been harmed in one way or another, either by the Holocaust of enslavement, as I mentioned before, or American apartheid. And so I would urge this committee to look to start with all and then prioritize, move to the broader uh, and then look at how we uh, include versus exclude. Thank you for your time.
5: Thank you, Mr. Akili. Trini or Noel, our next speaker, please.
6: Tamisha Muhammad. Can you hear me?
12: You've been,
6: you've been unmuted. You now have three minutes.
12: Okay. Um, good morning. My name is Tanisha Muhammad. I am a stay at home mother. Black Americans are an ethnic group, a unique amalgamation of white settlers, indigenous people, native tribes, and enslaved people brought to this land via the transatlantic slave trade. A people that were bred. A people that literally built the infrastructure and industry in this country, a people that were traded as currency, a people who innovated modern medicine, especially the field of gynecology, by sacrificing our bodies, a people that stood on the front lines on battlefields This country to free themselves from chattel slavery, a people that adapted to new forms of tyranny over several decades after slavery ended. All of these things make the case for Black American reparations by including any other group whose family did not bear the cost and the totality of these experiences. It's theft, legacy, and inheritance. It will be met with impaired confidence. Please vote yes for lineage only reparations. Thank you.
5: Thank you, Ms. Muhammad, for your comments this morning. Trini, our next speaker, please. Our next speaker is April.
6: April, you've been unmuted. You now have three minutes. Thank you. Can you hear me? Yes, ma'am.
14: All right. Thank you.
6: Um, so I'm April.
14: Uh, my roots um, originate from North Carolina, South Carolina, Georgia, Virginia. I am not here representing an organization. I am here uh, representing the people. <laughs> um, my ancestors have fought in every single war Um, The matriarch of my families have a lineage of teachers and healers. Um, My blood, my bone, my skin is in the soil of this land. (laughs) We literally built it. Um, Reparations, right, uh, is for repair harm to a specific group of people. So it's quite insulting, right, when Lisa Holder, who is a civil rights lawyer, right, um, comes and gives emotionalism and adds it, you know, my my two children as well died at birth and CHOP, right? Um, and they butchered me and I had to receive cisterance for the duration of birth, all six of my children. That has nothing to do with reparations. It was insulting um, and it was disgusting um and it's 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 really unethical i can't believe that it was done but it's an, another example of people trying to shoehorn themselves into something that just is not even repair for them right it is literally for black american descendants of chattel slavery us freedmen foundational black americans i i'm lost as how someone so bright could, could be so confused as to race over lineage, right? We have Cheryl Grills who is in mental health, right? How do you, you know what we have been through, right? And how are we confused on who could receive this repair, right? It is for repair for a specific group of people. I mean, are you kidding me? I, y'all playing with that. Uh, and I'm going to relax just a little bit because I'm getting emotional right? But for the people, right, it should be a lineage-based repair. No one else went through hundreds of years. No one else did. In fact, it was a plan. You planned, you packed up, and you flew here, right? No. It's it's it, it, it's a crazy. It's insanity. Um, and it's another way that Narcan and Cobra, who has for years, decades, have been doing this, have been causing problems, have been putting splinters into an already broken people with no solutions. They are literally working against us. They just made public statement about this. It's crazy that we are here. It is insulting to determine eligibility, like all of it is insulting, and you are, you are participating. If you do not choose lineage-based repair, you are participating and continuing to silence the voices of my ancestors, that some are
5: buried under the White House, right? And Ms. April, thank yes. you so much for thank your me. comments. I apologize for having to interrupt you in the middle of your sentence today thank you so much all right treating our next speaker Uh, next speaker will be
6: Juanita Watson Juanita Watson you've been unmuted you now have three minutes
15: good morning Uh, again my name is Nita Watson and I am a proud descendant of persons enslaved in the United States My late mother, a direct descendant of African freedmen, was born in Malvern, Arkansas, which is about 60 miles north of Little Rock. My 83-year-old aunt, who is still living, tells us stories of their father, who was a builder, packing up an icebox he built, hitching it to his truck, filling it with food, yellow meat, watermelon, and beverages, and taking them down to the river to celebrate Juneteenth every year. She told me how her father was also a farmer and struggled to take care of his family and the racism they experienced as children growing up in the Deep South. Then she told me of the time they discovered documents at the Santa Monica Genealogy Library that revealed that our family landed in America on a slave ship. Today, I came forth to show solidarity and speak boldly as I stand unified with other descendants of American slavery and our allies. It is crucial that this task force cast their vote for lineage-based reparations for the black American descendants of cattle slaves. The criteria for eligibility without misperception was made clear by its lead author, California Secretary of State, Dr. Shirley Weber. Dr. Weber shared how her family is from Arkansas and we're sharecroppers. AB 3121 is highly recommended and endorsed by some of our most respected legal, economic, and constitutional experts and has overwhelming support by the public who have presented testimony at some point in these hearings over the past 10 months. With this, I strongly implore this task force to reject any race-based tiers of eligibility proposals. I strongly implore this task force to reject harm-based tiers eligibility proposals. As we all know, race-based legislation is unlawful, as well as unconstitutional federally and in the state of California. Any harm-based Lineage-neutral legislation would unfairly open our reparations justice claim to anyone of any nationality. Please vote for lineage-based eligibility today and reject any race or harm-based peers' eligibility. The language in AB 3121 is straightforward, and its author's legislative resolve is sensible. The, le- the legal and economic expert advice is feasible. The public commentary is logical. Please Excuse vote me. for lineage and
5: not tears. Thank you. Thank you, Ms. Watson, for your comments this morning. Drini, our next speaker. Our next
6: speaker is uh, Akinyele Omoja. You've been unmuted. You now have three minutes.
16: Uh, good morning. How are you? Um, my name is Akinyele Umoja. Um, I am a professor of Africana Studies at Georgia State University in Atlanta, Georgia. But I'm also uh, born in California, raised in California, graduate of Compton High School as well as Cal State LA, um, and you know my mother still resides and own property in Compton, California, so I'm honored to be able to speak to you this morning. Uh, I am a descendant of Africans who were enslaved in Virginia, Louisiana, Georgia. Uh, my father share sharecropped in Mississippi and in Arkansas, and at the same time, I recognize that People of African descent have come here from the continent of Africa, have come here from the Caribbean, other parts of the Americas, and they've become part of our community. And so if we talk about institutional racism, which is a vestige of slavery, um, they face the same discrimination and oppression that we do, um, that my, you know, descendants like me do. And so when a police stops us in South Central L.A., they don't ask, if, you know, who my ancestors were. They kind of look at us and determine that. You know, people live in the same residences and go to the same schools that we do. We, we marry each other. We form community. And so I think the committee and the task force needs to take a more sophisticated approach than some of the ones I'm hearing here. It takes that into account in terms of who our community is today and what type of harm have folks from those communities or those different lineages um, experienced as becoming a part of our community here in the United States. And so, you know, I just want the committee to take note of that um, it's much more sophisticated than people that I'm hearing right now. I understand their anger and you know because I've been a victim myself, and again my as far as I know, except for the european uh the slave owner blood that exists in me and in, in the indigenous blood, all my other ancestors were people who who were enslaved here in this in this uh, jurisdiction, I should say. So I just want the committee to take note of that and um, you know, do, do, be blessed in your endeavors. This is important work, historic work and I salute you.
5: Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Umoja for your comments this morning. Thank you. Our next our next speaker is
6: Pilar. Pilar Penn, you've been unmuted. You now have three minutes.
17: Thank you so much. Can you hear me? Yes. Good morning. My name is Pilar Jan Penn. And I'm an attorney and educator. And I serve as a writer and researcher for the National Reparations Institute in Atlanta, where we have to advocate for to complete reparations for our people. At the time I began studying our history in the Americas, I believed that I knew the scope, breadth, and depth of the various systems drive to oppress black people. Now I understand that then I knew very little except what I had been led to believe. If we don't step back and allow ourselves time to delve de- deep into the hidden history of this country and the Americas of which we are a part, we miss an opportunity to put Humpty Dumpty back together again. What I mean is a review of history reveals that who we are remains a mystery to many of us. Our identity is clouded over by centuries of name changes, migrations within the Americas, some by choice, some by chance, some by the pressure of circumstances. The problem with creating a lineage qualification to participate in any form of reparations is that historical evidence proves the harms have been visited upon all of our people who either were here or were brought here by force and amalgamated into one group. Free blacks suffered, sometimes more than the enslaved, and after the end of the institution of slavery, if you were non-white, whether the label was black, negro, colored, mulatto, or Indian, your existence was insufferable under the sum of oppression. I suggest that one can be made eligible to receive reparations according to proof of lineage of enslavement is to ignore all the repercussions of living in a society that hated your very existence. I agree in part with Dr. Evelyn McDowell but a place to begin is to draw a line at voluntary immigration that began around 1870 to eliminate, rather than include, those who had no part of the system as they were not present in the U.S. during that period of time. It would be impossible, almost, for anyone after that time to claim they have family relations to anyone in the U.S. unless they existed prior to 1865. While a race-neutral approach may be what's expected in court, It is impossible to ignore the purging of people and their ties to the land and the severing of tribal and family relations along with the traditions that held them together as being race-based. You must not ignore the fact that not all the enslaved were Africans. Some were kidnapped whites and the indigenous populations before them who were run off their land and given labels like Negro, Mulatto, Colored, Black, and finally the misnomer African-American. Together with the intentional erasure or hiding of archaeological evidence of spiritual and linguistic ties, traditional ways of life on the land, in a word, the annihilation of all that made humans human should give us all pause as we attempt to deconstruct an act that has continued for 530 years. Focusing on only who can claim, by benefit of documentation, to be included in a group that, by its very nature, must include all who were victimized to first create and build this country and then maintain the system of oppression these right into the hands of those who wish to derail our efforts. The burden of proving who we are is upon our shoulders. We are not a monolith. We are and always have been a diverse people. That fact must not be ignored. The National Reparations Institute stands at the ready to assist this task force in any way possible. Thank you so much for your time.
5: Thank you, Ms. Penn, for your comments this morning. All right, Trini, our next speaker, please.
17: Our next speaker is Dr.
6: Brian Nichols. Dr. Nichols, you've been unmuted. You now have three minutes.
18: Good morning. I'm going to read a portion of a letter that I recently submitted to the task force. I attended the early mornings of the last two days of the task force's video conference. I was most taken by the passion and expressions of some of those who spoke during the hour of public comment. Many of those speakers made forceful arguments that eligibility for reparations should be given only to those who can clearly trace their family lineage to American enslavement. Part of the rationale for their heartfelt belief seemed to be the reparations given to those African Americans who could not trace their lineage to enslavement would dishonor the loss of life and treasure suffered by our ancestors. My own awakening to the necessity of reparations was grounded in my many years working in Los Angeles gang prevention and intervention programs. Not only was Los Angeles ground zero for a horribly destructive gang problem, but also, and not coincidentally, for a crack cocaine epidemic and what Michelle Alexander calls mass incarceration. These triple evils, which I consider to have roots in the legacy of slavery, Jim Crow, and redlining, decimated the black community in Los Angeles. Barely, a black family in the city escaped the reach of this multi-pronged calamity. After many years trying to encourage individual empowerment against enormous multi-generational social forces, I finally landed on the notion that only an intervention at the socio-cultural macro level could contend with the powers that oppress so many of our people. I have come to understand reparations as the appropriately powerful and broad psychosocial public health intervention capable of accomplishing that goal. Therefore, as much as I seek a reparations program that helps address the past multi-generational losses, I also seek a program that is forward-looking in that it dramatically reduces the risk that future shape-shifted versions of enslavement appear on the scene to further the aims of the ideology of white supremacy and its correlate, the myth of black inferiority. Consequently, my focus is on the fifth UN guideline on the issuance of reparations to historical victims of gross human rights violations, guarantees of non-repetition. Should California make reparation eligibility strictly on the basis of lineage? In keeping with the guarantee of non-repetition, I believe that it is very likely to promote non-repetition of de jure slavery. But what about the de facto progeny of slavery? Jim Crow, redlining, mass incarceration, voter suppression. The apology offered for enslavement lineage suggests no accountability for these other scourges of Black life in America and, consequently, a freedom to repeat. Thank you.
5: Thank you so much, Mr. Nichols, for your comments this morning. Trini, our next speaker.
6: Our next speaker is Arthur Ward. Arthur Ward, you've been unmuted. You now have three minutes.
19: All right. Thank you. Uh, I'm Arthur Ward. I'm I'm a resident of Chicago, Illinois, but I have a lot of family in California who are interested in this, so I am going to speak for them. So good morning. I'll make this quick. I get tired of Others, including our uh, black elected representatives, always pushing hard to make the descendants of American slaves the mules for all other groups, including black immigrants. This is ridiculous. My lineage does all the work, absorbs all the pain, suffers through all the deprivation, but when it comes to some kind of justice, some kind of recompense, we are supposed to step to the back of the line and allow Caribbeans and Africans to be prioritized. Taking this long to decide on something that should not even be a question in the first place is an insult. Now that I see how Pan-Africanism works, I am against Pan-Africanism. If a correction uh, is for the descendants of American slaves, why does it always have to be inclusive? Correction is too good for just Native black Americans? even though the slavery and abuse and reconstructional failure was exclusively targeted to us, not targeted to black folks that just landed here voluntarily after the smoke cleared. Tired of this. Gotta include Eskimos, Martians, Bluebirds and any African that just flew in yesterday that got his feelings hurt by a random policeman. Really? He then somehow deserves slavery reparations here? No he doesn't. Anyone that thinks that he does is wrong. Everyone on this panel understands that a race-based bill at this point is morally, legally, and constitutionally improper. If this were a Jewish-American issue, there would be no question as to eligibility. There would, be, there would not be this level of open disrespect. Everyone would respect the legalities and sensitivities involved. Everybody on this panel would stay on subject. As a, as a special and designated group of people that built this country, we exclusively deserve that special respect, and we should not have to demand this. This time, I hope that this panel will stay on subject, do the proper thing, and vote in favor of lineage-based reparations. And Mark and a Cobra, the people are not having your over-scholarized nonsense. Thank you. I'm Landon here, and you have a good day.
5: Thank you, Mr. Ward, for your comments today. Drini? Uh, the next
19: speaker is Barbara
6: Oaks. Barbara Oaks, you've been unmuted. You now have three minutes.
20: Hi, good morning. Can you all hear me? Yes, ma'am. California oftentimes is the benchmark for national change. It is pertinent to get this right. America's greatest sin, a stain on American history. Those are the phrases used to describe the atrocity of American chattel slavery. Reparations is the chance to right a specific and unique injustice. As such, descendants of those enslaved are the only ones with the rightful claim to stand in place of their ancestors. Anything else would be insulting, insulting to the history of this flawed nation. Insulting to the humanity of those whose forced labor built this nation. 400 years, four centuries of sweat, blood, turmoil, and torture. They did not seek the land of milk and honey. No, they created the land of milk and honey. This task force must not allow tethers to shoehorn their way into this most historic claim. Lineage-based reparations is the only way to begin repaying the generation after generation after generation of institutionalized theft. Proper redress must not allow those who voluntarily set foot on this land to scream, me too, over the backs of a kidnapped and enslaved people. Righting the wrong of America's greatest shame can only be done through the descendants of those painfully wronged. Thank you.
5: Thank you, Ms. Oaks. Trini, do we have- Our next speaker
6: is James Matthews. Mr. Matthews, you've been unmuted. You now have three minutes. James Matthews. Okay, we'll come back to Mr. Matthews. Uh, The next speaker will be Ray Winbush. Mr. Winbush, you've been unmuted. You now have three minutes.
9: Good morning. Can you hear me? Yes, sir. Uh, My name is Dr. Ray Winbush. I am director of the Institute for Urban Research at Morgan State University in Baltimore, Maryland. It is not surprising that the issue of eligibility has emerged in the California Task Force on Reparations since certain groups Have been aggressive in ringing the phones flooding the emails and pounding the doors of commissioners about the non-eligibility of african people in the diaspora these groups are backed by conservative right-wing anti-immigration groups that are opposed to any immigrant receiving any reparations for the transatlantic slave trade just yesterday i testified before the boston city council and this poisonous and uninformed philosophy was offered as a justification for excluding non-American Africans born in the Caribbean and South America. The global reparation struggle has always been international with various Africans cooperating from, uh, cooperating from different countries. I have been a part of these meetings on reparations in, South, in Scotland, Betos, England, and South Africa. And what all of these groups have in common is the goal of obtaining reparations for the descendants of those enslaved during the transatlantic slave trade. The answer to the question, should reparations be only for descendants of people enslaved in the United States, or should reparations be extended to any black person in the state, to be the latter group. All black people in California should receive reparations, since they were judged by the color of their skin rather than what passport or nationality they had. The women that were sterilized by this state because they were black, the land that was taken illegally by the state because the owners were black, were never asked what country they were from. Indeed, 95% of those Africans in the Western Hemisphere from Brazil to Brooklyn, and from Curacao to California, have enslaved people in their family's history. I urge the task force to not only grant reparations to all black people living in the state of California, but to do an investigation of those groups opposing this and the financial backers of them. Thank you.
5: Thank you, Mr. Winbush. Trini, our next speaker. Our next speaker is
6: uh, TAC. You've been unmuted. You now have three minutes. Hello, panel. Can you hear me? Yes, ma'am.
2: Great. My name, good morning, task force panel. My name is Dr. Tish Crawford and I'm a member of California Black Lineage Society. I'm a proud descendant of an unknown name of a person enslaved in the U.S. and also an American freeman. I stand united with my community of descendants of unknown and known descendants who are buried in the killing fields of slavery. I strongly agree that this task force to vote for lineage based reparation eligibility intended by the author of AB 3121 Secretary of State Shirley Weber as well as recommended by the best legal and constitutional experts. To not do so is a vote to erase our ancestors and to re-traumatize our descendants again. I strongly urge the task force to reject any race or harm-based eligibility proposal. Race-based legislation is illegal and unconstitutional in California. And once again, you're re-traumatizing our ancestors which is not okay any harm lineage neutral legislation would open reparations to anyone of any race and once again to erase the descendants of the enslaved persons who died in that killing field reject race or harm-based tier eligibility the language in ab3121 is clear the legislation intent is clear the legal advice is clear, and most of all, the public is clear. Vote for lineage. No tears. We will not be erased and stop the re-traumatization of our descendants. And I'm going to reach out to someone on that task force who knows and feels what it's like to be named an unknown. And they are buried in Evergreen Cemetery. Evergreen Cemetery is where my ancestors are buried, and some of them have no names and dates of birth. And it's also a place where Japanese Americans are buried also, too. And they were buried there because guess what? Nobody, they could not be buried in any other type of cemetery. I am California born. I am a descendant of an unknown person, an unknown slave who died in that killing field that moved forward and gave my family birth. They gave birth to a doctor. They gave birth to a police captain. They gave birth to an academic, quote, unquote, teacher is really and truly deep in my heart to the point where, yes, we created the California Black Lineage Society because those ancestors are
21: important to us. Dr.
2: Crawford
5: Doctor Crawford, I'm so sorry to interrupt you in the middle of your sentence this morning. Thank you for your comments.
2: Thank you very much, panel. Please do the right thing. Lineage face.
5: Next speaker, please. Thank you. Our next speaker
6: is Cheryl Cobb. Cheryl Cobb, you've been unmuted. You now have three minutes to speak.
22: Hello. Can everyone hear me? Yes, ma'am. Okay. Uh, My name is Crystal Cobb, actually. I'm sorry. Um, Oh, no, no problem. It happens all the time. (laughs) Um, I would just like the task force to know that I am a descendant of U.S. chattel slavery living in Sacramento. Uh, My parents came from Mississippi and Tulsa. My father served in the U.S. Air Force, and my brother served in the uh, Navy. Uh, I just wanted to quote from The Color of Money by Mircea Baradaran, uh, Chapter 1, page 10. Slavery, America's original sin, according to James Madison, created the foundation of modern American capitalism. It was slavery and the blood drawn with the lash that opened the arteries of capital and commerce that led to U.S. economic dominance worldwide. The effects of the institution of slavery on American commerce was monumental. 3.2 million slaves were worth $1.3 billion in market value, almost equal to the entire gross national product. Slaves are also a valuable store of capital because they were liquid assets that could be exchanged on markets more easily than other forms of property. Slavery's unparalleled bounty is what caused many Americans to tolerate such a barbarous institution. Growing international demand for cotton fueled the growth of slavery and the legal and political arms of the state maintained and protected it. More cotton led to more profits, which led to more demand for slaves, which led to more legislation supporting Mm -hmm. slavery, and then even crueler methods of oppression to extract more work from slaves. We're all aware of this information. Uh, The point is that a specific debt is owed to a specific group of people whose ancestors were brought here in chains and were used as unpaid labor, among many other heinous acts. And those are those of us who descend from U.S. chattel slavery. I am asking the task force to adhere to the intent of Dr. Shirley Weber's language in AB 3121 in that reparations are for descendants of U.S. chattel slavery. And to also follow the advice of Erwin Chermarinsky, who made it clear that a reparations claim should be race-neutral and lineage-based to hold up in our California courts and not be ultimately struck down by the U.S. Supreme Court. Thank you so much. Thank
5: you, Ms. Cobb, for your comments. Stacey, our next speaker. Um, our next speaker is Michael Hicks.
6: Mr. Hicks, you've been unmuted. You now have three minutes.
23: Hey, Can, can everyone hear me clearly? Yes, sir. Thank you very much. Um, good morning. Uh, my name is Michael Hicks. I am a co-founder and a board member of the NCCFR, that is the National Coalition of Churches for Reparations. Uh, I am a proud descendant of persons enslaved in the United States, also known as the American Freedmen. Uh, my lineage uh, goes to from my mother's side of the family, Limestone County, Alabama, on my father's side of the family. My lineage extends to Hines County, Mississippi. I stand united with my community of descendants, and I strongly urge this task force to vote for the lineage-based reparations eligibility intended by the author author of AB 3121, Mm -hmm. Secretary Shirley Weber, as well as recommended by our best legal and constitutional experts With listening to all the testimony this morning, one thing that we have to keep in mind, I want to push back on the concept that the opinions of the people are not sophisticated, quote, unquote, I would say they are quite sophisticated because these are people that understand that they have been the burden bearers of generational poverty and uh, being permanently placed as a bottom cast. I strongly urge this task force to reject any race or harm-based peers eligibility proposal. Race-based legislation is illegal and unconstitutional in Florida and federally. For any harm-based lineage-neutral legislation, it opens up reparations to anyone of any race, and it allows the opportunity for our righteous demand for justice in this nation, the nation that our ancestors built, to be denied because of legal barriers, legal technicalities, and white supremacy. Language in AB 3121 is clear. The legislative intent is clear. The legal advice is clear, and the public has been clear for nearly a year, thoughtful lineage, no tears, today. Thank you.
5: Thank you so much, Mr. Hicks. Aisha? Yes. Um, We'll be going ahead with Jessica Needs. Okay, Um, task force members, uh, the next commenter has requested a special uh, American Sign Language interpreter. So in order for the commenter and and the interpreter to see one another, we will have to temporarily mute your videos, if that's okay. But we'll turn them right back on. Okay, Trini, we are ready for Ms. Needs and her interpreter.
6: Okay, I am unmuting
24: uh Jessica Needs. Can the panel see me, the interpreter?
5: Okay. No, we cannot. Trini, um, will you be temporarily? Yes, unmuting? I'm the task force members. Okay, thank you. Give us just a moment.
6: Jessica, you're, I, I do not see your
24: um, your camera. I'm not able to see Jessica's camera either or my own.
5: Okay. I'll, let me turn mine off as well. Will you go ahead and put the interpreter on the camera okay
6: she is on you can see me now um no Sydney um do you have a a, um On your, on your end, there should be a, a settings button on the um, right-hand side of your screen. It should
21: be, look like a little cogwheel. Now we can see.: Oh Now, we
6: can see, oh, now we can can see, see me now.:
21: her. Perfect. Yes. Okay.
6: And then uh, Miss Jessica, if you can um, uh, if you can see a settings button on the right side of your camera on, on the right side of your screen, it's a little like a cogwheel. If you click on that and then click on your camera. Can you ask her if she's using a Mac computer or a PC?
24: I can't ask. I can't. Oh, okay, now I can so see her. Now we're okay. Her. Perfect. Okay, we can see each other now. Thank you. Okay. <clears throat> I want to apologize about that some technical issues there I was trying to get it together with my camera Um, I have three minutes to speak correct Uh, yes ma'am okay so I'm a deaf third-generation family and I'm from Colorado and I was born in Wisconsin. My parents uh, are from the uh, Civil War era, and they fought They fought through that era. Dad told me stories about my family uh, for several generations back that were just so hard to believe, and I did some research on my own starting uh, around in the 2000s. Um, and kind of after that point, I kind of got lost until recently. I signed up with uh, Ancestry, the Ancestry DNA program, to do a little more research on my lineage, and that supports all of the stories that my father was telling me about slavery, uh, etc., in those eras. Uh, and the commerce was supposed to help uh, arrest the Golden State Killers in California. So I did some research about that and how, uh, and my studies found that my family at that time um, were connected with this. And at all these details I was just finding out with my, my research just supported everything that my dad was telling me. So I just want to quickly show you here on my phone, um, it says on, on um, Ancestry, Here's here's what it is, where you can check your ethnicity, ancestry, DNA. And this is the map that it showed me here, and the percentage breakdowns <clears throat> of the various regions. And then it even has it says communities here: early Virginia African Americans and uh, Carolinas, Maryland, Virginia. So those are where they trace back to, is what she's trying to show. So once I saw that, I wanted to really be able to vote and support lineage,
12: lineage-based
24: reparations. Um, so I support that uh, take of things. So it shouldn't be dependent on the race, but more your family. And slavery,
10: uh, there, was a,
24: there was a family uh, with a Grayson last name that we were tied to, and the wife's name was shanty, and I feel that at that time, that family prom- promised uh, our family to be a part of their, to be a part of their um, inheritance, that that was not received, and when we, uh, through over the years, we were oppressed. And we were subject to racism and systemic racism throughout the years. And our children have experienced these same uh, downfalls as well. So we have to have hope. And also we want to know that we have uh, the DNA to prove it. We've got Jewish, uh, Asian, uh, Indian, all in my, in my lineage as well. And also African Americans have that same that same uh, way to trace back their lineage and see what they can do. But we are all here as Americans now, but it should be who is building a family to become rich. And those reparations would hopefully provide next steps for future generations. Thank you for having me speak. Thank you so much.
5: Thank you. Thank you so much, Ms. Neve, and thank you, Miss Sidney, for your powerful comments this morning. Thank you and have a great day. Same to you. Bye-bye.
6: Okay, our next speaker is going to be Guanta. Quanta, you've been unmuted. You now have three minutes to speak. And Task mem- Force members, you may turn your cameras back on.
25: Thank you. I just had a feeling in my gut after that. I knew my spirit told me it was me. I was next. So I'm going to speak. I'm going to speak clearly and boldly. Lineage base only. I think that everyone is confused. Well, not everyone. A lot of people are confused. Between reparations, which is a dead hold, And a black agenda. I think what Mrs. Um, Grills and uh, Holder and a, a few others are thinking more about is a black agenda. We're with that. My great lineage is so great that we're saying, yes, we need our debt owed. We need to be repaired. But also, too, we understand the diaspora that's here. And we want to have a black agenda. But everybody's so hateful towards us that they're saying, no, we, well, we want the Black Agenda, but we want what's owed to you as well." That's divisive, man. That's divisive, or divisive, however you want to say it. <laughs> the disdain for freedmen is sick. You gotta watch the way you lay. You land wrong. I'm at the headboard, land. Then, when I look down, you at the football watching me, I gotta watch the way you lay, and the way you land is wrong. I'm from Kansas City, Missouri. My lineage is here. I support you going with the carecom. <laughs> I support that. We back you, but you trying to shoehorn yourself into something that's old, a debt that's old. I come from a lineage that's old something, and you guys are confused, so I'm trying to help you get on the right and right, as they say. This is a reparations that is specifically for a Pacific people. And the black agenda that you're trying to push over reparations is uncool, and we're not going to allow it. Tamaki, you're not devices I know. Grills,
0: uh,
25: I hope you're not devices I know. Devices, I know. You're trying to push your pan Africanness mindset, which is okay, cool, fine. But let me be who I be. I'm freedmen. Let me come at that table as a freedman. Quit telling me who you think I should be. It's not fair. You're telling me that, hey, shoot, it's supposed to be the whole diaspora. And I say, okay, well, fine, I'll sit down at the table. Then you tell me, now, ma'am, you're going to sit over here. And also, too, you're not uh, Negro. You're not Freedman. You're African. And I said, no, madam, I'm not. No, I'm not. I have African ancestry, which I'm happy for. God bless. Heck, yeah, we were proud. You know African-Americans, as we say. Freedmen, we're that part of us proud. But we are not African. Yes, you are. No, yes. madam, I'm yes. Negro. This is who I am. Yes. Respect I me. Mean, you're going to put some respect on me like my girl Michelle Obama said, who is of the same lineage that we're talking about now. Respect us. Let us come to the table as who we are. Quit trying to push and force something that we're not. We should be able to sit down at this table
5: as who we are. Excuse me, Miss Contell. I'm so sorry to interrupt you. Thank you for your comments, though, this morning. Thank you. You're welcome. All right, our next speaker, please, Trini. Next
6: speaker will be Alexis. Alexis, you've been unmuted. You have three
17: minutes. Hello, hello, Task Force. Can you hear me? Yes, ma'am. Oh, thank you. Yes, my name is Alexis, and I am a descendant of Friedman on both sides of my family. And I definitely support all of my brothers and sisters in the diaspora,
4: but we have to remember, that reparations, its intent from the beginning of Special Field Order 15, is specifically to the American freedmen, that debt has been
17: unpaid as of yet, and then it goes specifically to the descendants of American freedmen. Any other move on here is going to be difficult, it is easy to prove our lineage, and let's remember the intent of the bill is for the descendants of American freedmen. I implore you to vote specifically on lineage-based reparations. Thank you.
5: Thank you, Alexis. Next speaker, please, Rini.
6: Next speaker is Cam Howard. You've been unmuted. You now have three minutes.
19: Thank you, Task Force Cam Howard
26: within COBRA. It is my understanding that the question presented here on eligibility is one that wants to ensure that those people most injured Why the racist anti-African crimes are ensured repair. One notion is that only blacks who can prove enslavement ancestry in America should be eligible. We reject this position for several reasons. First, this would in fact have a limiting effect on those who actually are descendants of Africans enslaved in the United States. Most experts looking at this issue would agree that a large portion of this group would not be able to prove ancestry in a timely fashion, if at all, Rendering them ineligible for repair. This would certainly dismiss those blacks who came after enslavement, but would also dismiss 20, 30, or possibly even 40% of blacks who fit this category but could not technically prove it. Secondly, we are 100% accurate in saying that the minute a white person steps on the shores of America from elsewhere, they are afforded the privileges, benefits, and protections of whiteness. These privileges, benefits, and protections are the result of 400 years of crimes and atrocities committed against blacks. It allows them to move to the front of the line above every black person and pushes blacks back, not because of a particular period of harm they came to the United States, but because they are white. And because of these benefits, they must pay through their taxes taxes, reparations also, we argue. Conversely, the same is true for every person of African ancestry and heritage. The minute they step foot on these shores, they are subjected to the racist biases, prejudices, hatred, subjugation, verbal, emotional, spiritual, and physical attacks associated with anti-Blackness. The recent Haitian-Mexico border event was an undeniable testament to this truth. And finally, there were three periods of crimes toward African heritage people in the U.S. Enslavement, Jim Crow apartheid, and the post-civil rights apartheid area that we're now experiencing. Those of us who considered ourselves black Americans or new Africans are really the various ethnic groups who were either brought to America or came to America in one of these three periods and coalesced ourselves into a unique ethnic group in America based on the oppression and resistance to that oppression, utilizing our unique African cultural traditions in this new space. We all experience anti-African harms, thus the eligibility, prioritization, and specialization should be on the remedy end once proposals are developed and not on the demand end. Using this format allows us both to honor all of us who have been injured and to emphasize remedies specific to the degree of the injury that that we occur. This is where lineage may come into place, but not on the front end. This is why NCOBRA says all Blacks harmed in America by America should be repaired by America in America. Thank you.
5: Thank you so much, Mr. Howard. All
26: right, our next
5: speaker, Trini. Next
26: speaker is
6: Prince Ramses. You have been unmuted. You now have three minutes.
27: Hello, can you hear me? Yes, sir. Okay, so I just want to say this is Eric Christian Ramsey uh, from the Freedmen Party. Uh, I'm a proud Freedmen Party member and a Freedman. Uh, I was born in San Diego, California, raised in Los Angeles. Uh, I live in San Francisco. Um, I just want to say my, my dad was in the Marines and the Navy as well. Um, I believe in lineage-based uh, eligibility. Um, If anybody is familiar with the 9-11 Victim Compensation Fund, the reparations given to the victims of 9-11, there was no race needed to define the victims of 9-11. It was a lineage-based reparations, just as all forms of reparations are Um, lineage-based. Don Tamaki, for example, as a Japanese citizen, knows that not all Japanese people in the world or in America receive reparations, for example. Kenneth Feinberg was the lead person on the 9-11 Victim Compensation Fund. That's going till 2090, uh, to give you an idea, and it's all lineage-based. Um, a few other things I'll say. Uh, for Lisa Holder, um, for, for the child that you lost, I feel for you, and you have a civil and criminal uh, trial that you can take up. Um, but that is not reparations for, for freedmen. Um, for the guy who mentioned the cop situation, you have a civil or criminal trial that you can take up. But that is not reparations. Um, for Haitian-Americans, they can take up their uh, reparations with France. Um, Jamaica as well can take up theirs with UK. I know Javon Lewis, um, i also went to Stanford as well. Um, Uh, Jamaica was, uh, had their reparations or have their reparations uh, uh, situations with the U.K. And I would not immigrate to those countries, whether it be Haiti or Jamaica, and go there and claim their reparations from the U.K., from Jamaica, or uh, from France, from Haiti. I would still be talking about where the harm was made from, which was the U.S. Um, And then a few other things I'll say, Um, anyone who immigrates here, um, as Sandy Darity and Kristen Mullen said, uh, they not only uh, enjoy the benefits of the American dream and land of opportunity that our freedmen ancestors built for free, they also inherit the debts and obligations uh, and values uh, of this country. Um, and that's the last thing I'll say in I'll there. Thank you for having me.
5: Thank you, Mr. Ramsey. All right. Our next,
6: excellent. next speaker is Kevin. Kevin, you've been unmuted. You now have three minutes.
28: Hey, can you hear me okay?
6: Yes, sir. All
28: right, perfect. All right, so I want to say that I don't know if, well, I'm pretty sure some people know it. I know some people know it, but in this country, the number one, Um, The number one threat, or should I say the number one, uh, sorry, target of the white power structure in this country is black Americans who come from U.S. slavery. It's not all black people. It's specifically black Americans who come from U.S. slavery. One, because we're the biggest threat, and two, because we're owed the biggest debt. There's a concerted effort to keep black Americans who come from U.S. slavery at the bottom, that's why whenever anything comes up to repair black Americans from slavery, we always have to include everybody else. That's the number one tool that the white supremacists on the left use to avoid having to repair black Americans. You look at um, affirmative action, the same thing happened with affirmative action. They included all these other groups. And now I think, if I'm not mistaken, white women benefit more than anybody now. But it came because they started including all these other groups. That's the exact same thing they're trying to do with reparations now. And NARC and, and, and Cobra are the main ones that are pushing this nonsense. When you hear Greg Carr come on, he's going to talk the same stuff. Um, I also have to say, I also thought it was pretty despicable that Lisa Holder and Cheryl Grills, instead of sticking to the facts because they knew all the facts were on lineage-based reparations, they used a bunch of emotional manipulation to try to convince us to include immigrants in slavery reparations even though those immigrants came after slavery. And even when the the expert testimony said it's going to make it less likely to stand in court, they're still pushing it. They ignored all that and just went to emotional manipulation. That's like, that's NARC 101, NCOBRA 101. So let's just stick to the facts real quick. The facts are black Americans who come from U.S. slavery built this country for free by force. While going through rape, while going through murder, torture, lynchings, having our children sold, we built this country by force. We're promised 40 acres and a mule. We never got it. And we're owed reparations because of that. That's the anchoring of it. Nobody else can claim that. On top of that, the lead attorney lets you know it's less likely to hold in court if We do it by race-based and harm-based, which basically includes everybody. That's basically all lives matter reparations, which is very disrespectful. It's actually despicable, in my opinion, I have to say. Lineage reparations should be the only reparations that are considered, period. Again, there's a concerted effort in this country to make sure black Americans who come from U.S. slavery stay at the bottom. The, le- the main tool that the left uses is to include everybody in everything that black Americans are trying to get.
5: Excuse me, Kevin. So oh, sorry. Thank you so much for your comments this morning. All right, our next speaker, Trini.
6: Our next speaker is Adoja Ortiz Ayatoro. You've been unmuted. You now have three minutes.
29: Thank you very much. Am I being heard? Yes, ma'am. Okay. Thank you. My name is Ajwa Artis Ayatoro. I am a founding uh, member of NCOBRA, National Coalition of Blacks for Reparations in America, and served as its founding co-chair and the chair of its Legal Strategies Commission. I'm a member of the National Conference of Black Lawyers, NCBL, and in 1987, I was its national co-chair at the time NCBL became one of the three founding organizations of INCOBRA. I am a descendant of enslaved Africans. I am a legal expert that knows that it is constitutional to develop a reparations proposal, a refuge plan that is based on race and injury. That is the Japanese American Restitution Bill. I am pained by the separatist and chauvinistic views of those who seek to defocus reparations from full repair and push a narrow view that will not repair but only provide money for the small group of those who can prove descendancy from enslaved Africans. I urge you to embrace a definition of eligibility for reparations that accurately reflects those of African descent that slavery and its its legacy injured and continue to injure. Those injured include descendants of enslaved Africans and freed Africans and those of African descent who came to the United States after emancipation, who looked black and who continue to be treated as less than white because of the legacy of slavery, the anti-blackness of which it was based and on which the continuing disadvantaging of African descendants, black people, is based. I know you're receiving testimony on the continuing legacy of slavery in the criminal punishment system. As my friend and fellow reparationist Charles Ogletree said some years ago, it is an unbroken chain from slavery till now. I would add the links are different. African descendants, uh, African Americans are no longer in the chains, but the operation of the punishment system that targets us for harsher punishments, including death, has not changed. There are also many scholarly studies that provide evidence that this pattern continues virtually in all major areas of life in the United States, including health care, employment, and education. Scholars such as Luen Wang, Healthcare, and Andrew Owchi Willick Employment, as well as many others, attest to the continuation of anti-blackness of blackness that is the legacy of slavery, its direct descendant. Providing reparations only for those who can prove their descendancy from enslaved Africans is yet another win for white supremacy as it dismisses and devalues the harms done to African descendants, not enslaved, who were injured by slavery due to their blackness and who are injured by the legacy of slavery due to that blackness. Thank you very much for this opportunity. And we know that when you look at reparations, it's more than a check. It must be if the injuries caused by slavery and must be, can be changed. Thank you.
5: Thank you. Thank you so much for your comments this morning. Our next speaker, please. Our next speaker is Michael Ingram. Mr.
6: Ingram, you've been unmuted. You now have three minutes.
30: Can I be heard? Yes, sir. Thank you and good morning. I'm a proud descendant of persons enslaved in the U.S., And I appreciate the opportunity to uh, make comments uh, today. I had a prepared script that I'd like to read from, but I also have a question based on um, some of the comments that I've heard earlier. And that has to do with um, people that might have come here after uh, a certain period of time, namely, um, and particularly after the civil rights movement in the u s where we know um, before nineteen sixty five n- more than ninety nine percent of the uh, individuals that might have been classified as black um, were um, uh, indigenous we'll say to this country. they had suffered through um, the uh, slavery and jim crow and, uh, and and whatnot. my question, the sophisticated question that I'd like to pose. Uh, based on that information, is why would anyone understanding the racist history of this country with dark skin come here? Because my understanding is that it would not be to participate in a struggle that had already well taken place. So if you know that this place is a racist place, why would you come here if you thought you had to participate in that racism as a victim? In any case, I'll continue to say that I was born almost 55 years ago as an American Negro in South Carolina. My great-grandfather, whom I knew, was a sharecropper and had to move around in, his, uh, in the area where, where I was born uh, multiple times, taking his family of nine with him because of uh, some of the injustices that we're talking about compensating uh, today today. Specificity matters and lineage matters. Otherwise, you don't have reparations, you have a program. In any case, I'll continue with the statement that was prepared to say that I stand with my community of descendants and I strongly urge this task force to vote for lineage-based reparations eligibility intended by the author of AB 3121, Secretary Shirley Weber, as well as recommended by our best and legal constitutional experts. I also strongly urge this task force to reject any race or harms-based tiers eligibility proposals. Race-based legislation is illegal and unconstitutional in California and federally. And any harms-based, lineage-neutral legislation would open reparations to anyone of any race. Vote for lineage-based eligibility today. Reject race or harms-based tiers eligibility. The language of AB 3121 is clear. The legislative intent is clear, the legal advice is clear, and the public has been clear for almost a year. Vote for lineage, no no tears today, and thank you very much.
5: Thank you, Mr. Ingram, for commenting this morning. Our
6: next speaker is Karen Singleton. Ms. Singleton, you've been unmuted. You now have three minutes to speak thank you good morning panel
31: my name is Dr. Karen Singleton and I'm a clinical psychologist with a trauma specialty calling from Cambridge Massachusetts we believe your actions in California will have a wide-reaching effect and we will be listening closely to what you decide here in Cambridge and beyond as a black psychologist I've seen black women and men in groups and individual therapy for over two decades. I've seen clients who identify as gay and straight and non-binary, having few economic resources, being very financially comfortable, attending community colleges, elite colleges. And what I've seen with these students, adults, families, people who are born abroad, people who are born here, the common denominator I've observed is anti-blackness. It's the common thread that I feel has been carefully crafted in this historical scarf that continues to choke the um, clients that I've seen that continues to plague them and threaten them and really um, be a uh, threat to their safety and to mine and holds its grip tightly and keeps them from flourishing and thriving and honestly just existing and living their life in a way that feels safe and whole And as a therapist who's committed to my clients and their safety, I bear witness over and over again to their experiences of seeking health care and mental health care outside of my office and being misdiagnosed and underdiagnosed and overdiagnosed and assumptions that are made about them after people just looking at them in a glance, a quick glance that's often casual and hostile and dismissive and many things but overly laden with assumptions about them just based on the way that they present and in the midst of this mental health crisis that we all know about that's coupled with anti-blackness and this continued legacy of slavery and racism that glance can have dire consequences and these experiences in my opinion can lead to them and their families to understandably distance themselves from mental health care which can often have dire consequences as well and negative mental health consequences that I've seen all too close when I'm comforting families that have dealt with loss so as someone in the healing profession who intimately understands this from a personal experience from an academic experiences um, from professional experiences I really implore you to ensure that this harm doesn't continue
5: and that it doesn't reoccur. So, thank you for hearing me out today. Thank you, Dr. Singleton. Um, here, more would like to check in with you. It's 10:25, uh, and we have technically time for two more speakers, but I believe there are a couple more um, trained. What is have? Um,
6: I've, I have four uh, speakers promoted, and I haven't promoted any more for the in the interest of time. There are more? The four speakers. Mm-hmm. Thank, Thank you. you. Uh, the next speaker will be uh, Robert Kalin. Mr. Kalin, you've been unmuted. You now have three minutes.
32: Hello. Can you hear? Yes, sir. All right, so I want to thank Camila Moore, Monica Montgomery Stebb, Jovan Scott Lewis, and Amos Brown for voting in line with the people and Assemblywoman Weber's original intent of the bill. I move to demand a special council meeting from the DOJ to inquire about the removal of Cheryl Grills and Lisa Holder. Since they can't uphold the original intent, they should be replaced with UCLA-trained attorney Antonio Moore and another member who better represents the original intent. I want to end by announcing some reparations items that do not require disbursement based on skin color. Paracom is a reparations package for those with lineage in the Caribbean. Black Americans aren't included based on blackness or slave experience. Al Jazeera reported in February of this year that Uganda was to pay reparations to the Congo and black Americans aren't included in that either. According to the London Daily, Burundi joined the Congo in calling for reparations from Belgium, which black Americans didn't get included in. Obama also paid $12 million to Jewish Holocaust survivors, a tragedy that didn't even happen in America, but all people who experienced discrimination weren't included in that repair. Jamaica also has recently called for reparations from Britain as they rejected a visit from British royals, which uh, which does not include ADOS. It seems specific lineage repair is understood for other groups, but black Americans are held hostage unless all black people get access to their justice claims. This is racist and anti-black American. I, I ask Senator Bradford, who doesn't seem to be here, and Don Tamaki to do what they should have done last month and not be influenced by the chaos agents on the task force who should be up for immediate removal. Please do not join the hateful and spiteful Grills and Holder in hijacking black history and using it on behalf of NARC and Cobra or some other subsidiary organization. who asked Jan, uh, Jessica Ann Mitchell Iwuyar to speak even though she's hostile to grassroots organizers. Even when Harvard had to retract their lives, she persists. I asked uh, Bradford and Tamaki to join Step, Lewis, Moore, and Brown in voting for lineage-based repair and the DOJ to investigate ways to remove Holder and Grille. Also, I asked the DOJ to rem- work in concert with the task force to find a way to keep NARC and Cobra as far away from these proceedings as possible. Finally, I want to point your attention to a New York Times article called uh, My Great-Grandfather, the Nigerian Slave Trader as a black Nigerian woman recounts her family history in slave trading. If you open the criteria, not only do you make it harder for the bill to pass, as per Dean Chemerinsky, but you could be offering those who benefited from slave trading a chance to also benefit from the repair. Where is the justice in that? I also want to point out how Dr. Umar Johnson, one of the leading pan-Africanists, recently came out with a video saying that black Americans are being replaced. So if he can see it's someone who has fought uh, organizing groups such as before. I'm so sorry on to cut you off. With anyone you else.
5: Uh, yeah, I'm so sorry. Thank you so much for your comments today and your time for showing up. Next speaker, please.
6: The next speaker is uh, Jennifer Williams. Ms. Williams, you've been unmuted. You now have three minutes to speak.
33: Thank you. My name is Jennifer Williams. I'm a PWC fellow in the CEO Action for Racial Equity Fellowship. However, my comments are my own and separate from both organizations. I live in LA County with my husband and our three-year-old daughter. I must note that my husband is a black Caribbean Canadian who is now a US citizen. In contrast to my husband, I was born and raised in California. My mother and father were also born and raised here, and both of their families on both sides migrated here from other parts of the country. My piecemeal ancestry research shows that I am a descendant of slaves on both sides of my ancestors. It was through this research that in January 2020, I discovered my blood relationship to Claude Neal, a man who was publicly lynched in Greenwood, Florida in 1934. Because of this relation, I am a member of the Legacy Coalition, which is a national organization seeking to secure reparative justice for American citizens whose ancestors were lynched in acts of racial terror during the Jim Crow era. It was the legacy of slavery and the Jim Crow South that brought many of the first black California migrants to this great state. And it is in this great state that descendants of slaves continue to experience a different America apart from our black immigrant brothers and sisters. According to a national 2019 Pew research study, black immigrants have a medium income of 57,200, the majority making at least six figures. The black US born population only make a median income of 42,000. The majority earn less than $25,000. Almost one-third of the Black immigrant population have earned a bachelor's degree or higher, which is a 10% increase from 2000, and the highest increase among the entire immigrant population as well as the entire U.S.-born population. Finally, over half of Black immigrants live in a household headed by a married couple, while only 36% of the Black U.S.-born population can say the same. Now, while most of the data i shared is not california specific i trust that greater disparities exist in california alone because according to the sentencing project california is one of seven states with a black to white incarceration gap greater than nine to one but because the majority of black immigrants arrive in the u.s after the year 2000 most black immigrants in california have been spared the trauma of mass incarceration and its impact All of this data reveals a drastic difference in American experiences between descendants of slaves and black immigrants. The cause being the difference of experiences between voluntarily immigrating here for economic opportunity and being kidnapped and brought here solely for the economic opportunity of others. It's not divisive, not exclusion. Even if race-based reparations were legal, it would not be commensurate with the facts. For this reason, I believe eligibility for reparations in connection to the legacy of slavery should include a lineage connection to slavery. And as a constituent in your district, respectfully, Senator Bradford, I ask you to support lineage reparations. Thank you for your time.
5: Thank you. Thank you for your comments. Our next speaker, and this will be our next to last speaker.
6: Uh, Yes. Uh, The next speaker is Annette Wilcox. Ms. Wilcox, you've been unmuted. You now have three minutes to speak.
12: Thank you.
34: Hello. My name is Annette Wilcox. I'm 65 years old from New York City. I've been a life Long Democrat voter and know nothing about right wing uh, organizations and anti-immigrant organizations. I am the great-great-granddaughter of Archibald Mobley Jr., who was born enslaved in 1825. I have an image of his Irwin County, Georgia voter registration form dated August 20, 1876. I am also the granddaughter of Alexander Hamilton Blessed, who migrated to the United States from Jamaica in the early 1900s. I strongly support lineage-based reparations, as does my 95-year-old mother, Bernella Wilcox. Slave traders and racial theologists recognized no distinction in the peoples on the African continent. They disregarded local culture, lineage, and history among the millions of people seeing them only as inferior beings to the white man and as a means to their economic enrichment. Let's not make the same mistake as the advocates of race-based reparations do and strip away the humanity of freedmen by making their history and culture a prop for every one quote-unquote African person in the world. This demeans the horrifying history of the freedmen who had their identity stolen, were enslaved for 250-odd years and faced Jim Crow terror for another 100 years post-slavery. We often hear that black Americans are not a monolith, and this is true. Although black black immigrants were enslaved in their home countries, similarly to American freedmen, post-slavery, they lived in majority black countries. Even though its racist system was well documented, black immigrants still made the choice and had the resources to locate to the United States. The claim that black American immigrants now deserve reparations is just as invalid as a 1980 black American immigrant to South Africa claiming reparations now for the 200 years of apartheid experienced by township residents. Just as reparations to Native Americans have gone to specific tribes and Japanese internment reparations did not include all Asian people in the United States, we must respect the individual humanity of people. There has not been a law, program, or set aside specifically to address the unique experience of freedmen since the Emancipation Proclamation in 1865. We have waited 157 years for our 40 acres and a mule. Please write this wrong and vote today for lineage-based eligibility as by the, intended by the author of AB 3121, Dr. Shirley Weber. Thank you.
5: Thank you, Ms. Wilcox. And our last speaker of the day, Trini. Our last speaker of the day is
6: Marjorie Melvin. Ms. Melvin, you've been unmuted. You now have three minutes to speak. Good morning, Task Force. Can you hear me? Yes,
21: ma'am. Thank you. Um, As stated, my name is Marjorie Melvin. I was born and raised in the state of California. I'm presently living in the state of California. Uh, I am a descendant of U.S. chattel slavery, both sides. Mom is from Louisiana. Dad is from Texas, came to the state in 1960s. Parents experienced redlining, unable to buy property in the nicer areas due to redlining. We're told that despite working at Boeing and Rockwell, that they would have to live in South Los Angeles, which is where I was born and raised and lived. While there as a child, I witnessed um, things that no child should have to witness under the policies of former L.A. police chief, Daryl Gates, I witnessed battering rams being run through uh, properties in South Los Angeles. I saw uh, children addicted to crack as a result of crack cocaine brought into communities. And then later on, as a professional um, a board of parole member, I saw black people over-incarcerated from Donovan State Prison in San Diego all the way up to Pelican Bay State Prison. And mostly non-Black people were able to benefit from the Black American bodies lingering in state prisons. I saw this on a regular basis as a member of the parole board. As an administrative judge with the Department of Social Services, I saw black children lingering in foster care. The only way to remedy what has been assault against black Americans is through lineage-based reparations. Shirley Weber, who expressed her intent, which was to create uh, policies and proposals that address the history. Of discrimination against Black Americans and to address the racial wealth gap said that lineage-based reparations was her intent. I'm speaking primarily to Joan Sawyer and Bradford. Your colleague used her political will and her social capital to push for reparations-based uh, uh, policies that will target and address our needs as black Americans. I am asking you to support lineage-based reparations. Do what your colleague wanted. Follow her intent. You all have the power to do that. And I would close by saying just thank you for letting me speak. Do the right thing. Thank you.
5: Thank you, Ms. Melvin. Thank you all of the speakers today. We've reached you a lot of time for public comment. If you were not able to provide public comment, we invite you to um, join tomorrow morning. There will be another public comment session and you can attend future meetings or submit written comments or testimony via email at Reparationspassforce at goj.ca.gov. Again, we apologize for the technical difficulty that we had this morning starting the, starting the hearing. Chair Moore, I'd like to turn it back over to you. Thank you, and thank you, Trini. Chair Moore, I think you're muted.
6: We just lost her, Aisha.
5: Okay, perhaps she, she's probably logging off and logging back on. Uh, everyone, we will be with you momentarily to continue the hearing. Thank you.
10: Hi, sorry about that.
3: Facing some technical difficulties, so thank you again, Ms. Walton. participating the comment period, so we will now move to the next item on the agenda, which is both of the February hearing minutes. So the minutes from the February task force meeting were sent to task force members with the materials, and we've had a chance to review them. Are there any questions, comments, or corrections? Regarding the minutes, hearing no questions, comments, or concerns about the minutes, I'd like to entertain a motion to approve the minutes as presented.
12: Because
3: I can't see everyone on the screen.
4: Mr. Cheryl Grills, I move that we approve the uh, February 23rd and 24th meeting minutes.
8: I'll Thank second.
3: you. It has been properly moved. Thank you. It has been properly moved and seconded that the February uh, task force hearing minutes are approved as presented. Are there is there any discussion on the matter? Hearing no discussion. I'll turn to Parliamentarian Johnson. So that a roll call vote can be established on the motion.
4: Parliamentarian Yes, thank you, Madam Chair. Uh, before I move, could you please tell me who seconded the motion? I did. Thank you. I will now call the roll to uh, establish the vote for the acceptance of the minutes as presented. Uh, Chair Moore? Chair Moore? Vice Chair Brown, Chair Moore, I see you. Um, Can you nod your head or either way, I can't hear you. Okay, thank you. Vice Chair Brown, Member Bradford, Member Bradford, Member Grills. Aye. Member Holder. Aye. Member John Sawyer. Member Lewis. Aye. Member Tamaki. Aye. Member Montgomery Stepp. Member Montgomery Stepp. Madam Chair, there were five members voting. And there were five members voting aye and zero nays. Madam Chair, okay. So
3: the, Thank you, Parliamentarian Johnson. So there are five members voting, five ayes and zero nays. So the ayes have it and the motion carries. The minutes are approved as presented.
2: So the next
3: item on the agenda and... Um, The next item on the agenda is community engagement plan update for member grills. Before we go to that, I want to make sure that someone reached out to Dr. Brown so that he's able to be a part of this meeting. Um, Has anyone heard back from him yet about whether he can hear and whether he can talk?
6: Chair Moore, we've tried to promote him. He's actually on the attendee side. We've tried to promote him, but he hasn't accepted the, uh, um, he hasn't clicked the continue button to promote over. So someone may need to assist him with a presenter link. Okay, I am going to send him a presenter
3: link again. Um Can I just give me one moment, please?
12: Vai,
2: So I sent Dr.
3: Brown the the link uh, directly, so he should be on shortly. Um, We shouldn't proceed until we're able to get
4: him on the call. Moment, I'm
3: gonna try to call him again.